0: This is the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, the show for real estate investors, stock traders, and business owners. We help you keep more of what you earn and protect what you've built. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to Tax Tuesday, special bookkeeping edition. Yep. My name is Troy Butler. I'm the senior manager of the bookkeeping department here at Anderson. Very fancy title for a very fancy man. With me, as always, Jeff. How are Jeff Webb, CPA. Gotta say, say all the stuff. Jeff Webb, CPA. What else?
1: Vice President of Professional Services? So I, I kind of help out the Tax Department and the Bookkeeping Department as I can, but I primarily oversee the Tax Advising Department right now.
0: Jeff is was my boss for a long time here at Anderson. I don't know. Six years or something like that, Jeff. Yep. So today, like I said, it's a special bookkeeping edition of Tax Tuesday, so we're gonna be answering some bookkeeping related questions. As always, want to remind everyone of our ground rules. make use of the Q and A feature. If you have any questions, if you have any questions that don't get answered today, you can always email them over to tax Tuesday at Anderson, AndersonAdvisors.com. If you do need a detailed response, um, you will need to become a platinum or tax client. And as always, this is fun, fast, and educational. And we want to help give back and educate. So let's start out with our usual way. Tell us in the chat where everybody's from. There we go. There we go. North Carolina, Texas. Now it's going Miami, to, go and get yeah, to Washington, Bay Area, Iowa, San Diego. That's where I'm from originally. Wellington, Colorado, Atlanta, California, Connecticut, Beverly, Massachusetts, Seattle. Awesome. So we've got people all over.
1: I understand why it took so long for her to type out Beverly, Massachusetts.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of letters. <laughs> I, I can spell, spell it. spell check. We to be involved.
1: <laughs> if you have uh, questions uh, about your own situation, please ask those in the question and answer, not in the chat, and they will give you a personalized answer to the best of their ability for the information they have. As you can see, there's already some
0: questions in that question and answer. We typically can get quite a few. Uh, usually north of 200. Yeah. So we're busy in that, in that Q&A section. So today we have uh, some bookkeeping managers and supervisors joining us to answer those questions you guys have, as well as some tax advisors and at least one lawyer. So we're in good hands. So now that we've gone through the intro, let's go through some opening questions. These are the questions that we're going to come back and answer. So the first one is, how do you write off classes or courses, cars, equipment, or anything in general off? What is the process? What do you keep? How do you show your proof of funds spent? What's the best way to get payroll started? want to start with hiring a couple of part-time employees. Can I deduct expenses for working from home? And what forms can I use? What's the best way to record startup expenses incurred on your private accounts? There's a lot to read there, so we'll go on to the next one. Which bookkeeping app would you recommend for four units or less landlords to make our tax preparation easier for all of us? Can we discuss how our bookkeeping service works? I can do that pretty good. Um, We're drowning in Excel and Quicken. Uh, What are common expense categories I should use? Can I discuss some big picture strategies to help with bookkeeping automation slash AI? And then we have a physician set up their PLLC in New York State. Do I need to set up payroll? Give myself W-2. How much should they pay themselves to avoid an IRS audit? What's the bookkeeping needed? How do I take the remainder of money out as a distribution? That's like seven questions in one. So they're getting their money's worth out of it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: One. It's a value question. Yep.
0: <laughs> uh, they've attempted to do their own bookkeeping. What are the minimum requirements to do so? And suggested a curiosity of tasking. That's a good word, curiosity. I don't think I've ever used that one. Yeah, it's good. If our business is still paying off business debt from previous tax years, how do we account for that as far as bookkeeping and reporting? How does the bookkeeping service integrate with the accounting service? Um, We'll talk about that for sure. No problem. So yeah, those are the questions we're going to hit today. And then, like I said, we're going to have a bunch of people working in the Q&A. If you guys have anything that should pop up before we get into it, go check out Toby's YouTube. There's a lot of good good videos, a lot of good knowledge. There's a a video with a very good looking bookkeeping manager uh, talking about bookkeeping. You guys should all go check that one out for sure. Also, Tax Tuesday, the replays can be found there. So, And I think they break those down by question. I think so. Yeah. We should probably know this, but because sometimes me and Toby go, you guys talk a lot way off the. T- all right, so you guys can subscribe and go to aba.link/slash/youtube and and uh, sign up sign up for those. Yeah, uh,
1: Toby has his. He does a lot of tax. Clint has his uh, more focused on
0: structuring and all asset protection. Asset protection. Yeah, they're both brilliant, but Toby more specializes in the tax and yeah. Clint on the asset protection. So you're in good hands either way, though. Right. All right, now we're gonna we're gonna get into it. Here we go. Okay, so how do you write write off classes, courses, cars, equipment, or anything in general off? What is the process? What do you keep? How do you show proof of funds spent? So I read this as how do you do bookkeeping? It's pretty general, right? When you talk about writing
1: off stuff, it would be stuff spent on the business, right. Is that fair to say? Yep. And all of these get get treated differently. The the three that you mentioned classes you may be able to put on your books, but may not be deductible. Correct. Depending on,
0: you know, the entity structure that you have, it might not be deductible at all. Right. But you still might want to put that on your books as a this is a business expense, but it's not tax deductible.
1: I will tell you if you got substantial amounts to classes education and you just have a disregarded LLC, like one of our affiliates used to generate tons of class expenses, you may want to consider Having a corporation to manage your disregarded LLC. Yeah,
0: specifically a C corporation. Yeah. A C corp, you're allowed to take education for new lines of business. Other entity types, it's only you're only allowed to deduct uh, education for business it's already doing, right? Mm-hmm. So if I want to learn how to flip houses, I'm not able to d- deduct that on a, like a Schedule C LLC or something like that. But yeah, so anyway, yeah, bookkeeping. What is it? Why is it important? So you need to have a system of keeping track of your income and expenses. That's what bookkeeping is. It can be as simple as an Excel sheet, keeping track of all the Mm -hmm. transactions that happen. It can be as complex as accounting software that costs thousands and thousands of dollars. So really, it, it depends on the level of activity that you have and how much business you're actually doing. Because if you have like 10 transactions, you can probably get away with just using an Excel sheet or something like that. And,
1: and we're going to talk about a, uh, accounting systems, bookkeeping systems a little later. But you're, I, I just want your thoughts now on this. QuickBooks Online, or my preference, QuickBooks Desktop, for my personal use, do you feel like it's something that most people can learn how to use?
0: Yeah, it's pretty user-friendly. And if you run into any problems with it, you're not the first person to run into mm-hmm. that issue. There's thousands of forum posts, videos, all sorts of stuff that can help you fix whatever that problem is that you're having,
1: so. So, and I kind of felt the same way. The problem then becomes not the software, but what you know about accounting. Right, right.
0: So it it can, it has a lot of tools and features to make it as easy, easy to use and user-friendly as possible, but you can always mess it up, right? Yeah. But the good thing about having an accounting software is that if you do make a mistake, it's easily corrected as well. It's just as easy to fix as it is to mess up.
1: So let's say I'm a client and I know enough about accounting to get myself in trouble. And I have QBO when I'm working with the bookkeeping department. Mm-hmm. What's that kind of look like? I know we're kind of getting off.
0: Sure. We'll talk more about the services we offer. But if you're doing the books yourself and you want us to like come in and take a look and make sure that you're doing everything properly, we do have a service. We call that a bookkeeping checkup. And we'll give you like, here's the corrections you need to make to make sure that your books are in order. You're doing the right thing. So,
1: bookkeeping in this case acts as a backstop. Correct. Right. Right.
0: So, what do you keep? So, I would definitely recommend keeping all bank statements, credit card statements, property management statements, anything like that. You need to keep for a minimum of three years. I'd probably recommend seven, but a minimum of three years. Receipts, I would recommend everyone do digital receipts rather than keeping paper copies. That thermal paper goes to, goes to Kaka real quick, right? So definitely keep digital receipts. And then how do you show proof of funds spent? You got to make sure that things are going in and out of the bank account. You don't want to just like use your personal funds on behalf of your business. You want to make sure that you're using your your business's bank account. If you have reimbursements, actually reimburse those reimbursements, don't just submit to the to your entity and just let them go into the ether. So the IRS
1: requires that all business clients keep books and records. Correct. So your books are your financial statements that your accounting software produces. And your records is going to be all those receipts, all the things that, that Troy just mentioned. It, it's you may never ever look at it again, but you don't want to fall into the case of getting audited and, and not having it. And not having it when you know
0: that it was perfectly reasonable right. to deduct. Right. Yeah, you can't deduct what you can't document. Correct. So that's that's important to be able to document all of your deductions, make sure that they're reasonable, ordinary. necessary necessary. corn right common yeah yeah so we'll talk more about the services we offer in the bookkeeping department a little bit anything else we want to add on to that one jeff
1: no i think i've killed that one cool all
0: right i'm beating them like a dead horse we're off to a good start they've made a terrible mistake guys they have given me access to toby's soundboard machine so i believe we deserve some applause for that there you go all right next one Best way to get payroll started. I want to start with hiring a couple part-time employees. So payroll is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's important, right? And, and depending on your entity structure, it may be required. If you have an S-corp, you are required to have payroll if you're profitable and taking distributions, correct? Mm-hmm. So how do you get started? And are profitable. And are profitable. Yes, good point. I highly recommend using a third party for payroll. I don't recommend that you do it yourself unless you have a full-time dedicated bookkeeper that this is their job. Don't try and do it yourself. So yeah. folks, payroll is very easy to screw up mm-hmm. and costly if you do screw it up. Yeah. So there's lots of services out there. The ones that I like working with the most, they all do a good job, but the ones I like working with the most, ADP. Yep. I think that's who I use. I think they're the best at providing the reports um and, and breaking it down in a usable way for tax and bookkeeping. And in my experience, this is just Troy talking. This isn't, you know, I'm not speaking on behalf of Anderson. I haven't seen where ADP has messed up a whole lot. Where some, I've worked with other payroll providers that have made mistakes before. Mm-hmm. So Gusto is another good one. It's a newer one and it's cheaper than ADP, so that's a good one. What else? QuickBooks offers payroll as well. Um, that's a little more hands-on, but it guides you well enough that you can do it without screwing it up. I feel like. So yeah, those are like the the three I would definitely recommend outside of that there's there's lots of other services yeah. so find one that works for you find one that's within your price point
1: so a question for you uh like with gusto and uh, even paychecks for the um, qbo I, I heard you say it was very yeah. hands-on when I got my adp account they set up all my accounts with the state workers comp insurance I right. took care of all that are you seeing that similar things or, or are there going to be some things that you have to do personally? With? So
0: with a lot of services, you're going to have to do it yourself and they're going to give you like a sheet of this is how you do it, mm. but you're going to do it yourself. It's not rocket science, yep. but it's nice to have someone who does this all day, every day yeah, being the one to do it for you. So
1: yeah, my payroll was always with ADP, very easy to run. It's not exactly cheap, no, but it was super convenient for me. And that's why I liked it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Gusto is a little cheaper. It, it does a good job. Uh, Intuit, QuickBooks is pretty good as well. But yeah, ADP is what I think is the gold standard when it yeah. comes to payroll. Next question. Can I deduct expenses for work from working at home and what forms can I use? So, depends. Oh, I wanted to say it that. It depends. <laughs> That's the, the classic Tax Tuesday answer, right? Yeah. It depends. So, what we recommend typically is that if you have an entity such as a corporation, or even a partnership, um, you do administrative home reimbursement. Correct, Jeff? Yes. Especially if you're a Nest Corporation. Especially if, yeah, agreed. You can do it if you have an LLC that's disregarded to you. If you have a Schedule C, I don't think, can you do it on Schedule E?
1: I don't recommend it on Schedule E.
0: Right. And we don't recommend doing it on a 1040, hardly ever, because it's one of those audit red flags, correct?
1: Yeah. Well, on Schedule C, you do what's called Form 8829. That sounds right home office expense. And, and when Troy's talking about it, the administrative expense and the home office expense, you're actually doing them
0: identical to each other for calculating. for calculating purposes. But it's slightly different as you're going to have your business reimburse you for those costs rather than deducting it straight on your tax return. So that's what we usually recommend. If you can do it, do it that way rather than doing it as a expense on your 1040.
1: Now, Sally May... An Anderson employee is working from home and she's
0: generating home expenses. What can she deduct? If she's just a W-2 employee, nothing, not a thing. So you have to be in business to be able to deduct it
1: at all. And and that kind of goes back to why we say if you're an S corporation or even a C corporation, you want to make sure those entities are reimbursing. Correct.
0: Yeah, it's key that you reimburse. You don't want to just accrue those expenses and have them sit on loan from shareholder or capital contribution. You want to see those funds actually come out from your bank. So submit a, a reimbursement sheet to your to your business, have them reimburse, cut a check. And then if you don't have the funds in your business to do it, what you can do is actually loan your business funds to then in turn pay yourself back.
1: Yeah. Uh, in the past, we kind of had a little different position, mm-hmm. but in today's atmosphere environment, you really want to see a check being written from that entity
0: back to you? Correct. You want to see it coming out of the bank account before yep. we deduct it on a tax return. Cool. Good enough. All right. Next one. What is the best way to record startup expenses incurred on your private accounts while in the process of forming official entities in order to keep it from piercing the corporate shield or similar? For instance, costs of registered agents and filing fees, joining Anderson Platinum, etc. Do those get written off as capital contributions or question mark? Uh, how should we be? Be tracking and recording, bookkeeping slash taxes and liabilities.
1: So it sounds like we're starting talking about startup expenses and organizational expenses. Right.
0: So uh, startup costs, organizational costs are actually intangible assets, mm-hmm. and those intangible assets get amortized. So you're you can you're going to take it over time. You're not going to take it all at once. It's an asset on the books. But there's also a way to accelerate some of that. Mm -hmm. So if you have startup costs and organizational costs of less than $50,000, you're able to take $5,000 in the first year as an expense on your tax return. Am I so far so good? Yep. Where it gets complicated is if you have more than $50,000 of startup costs, that $5,000 gets deducted dollar for dollar until you get to $55,000.
1: Yeah, it faces out very quickly. Yeah. Now, from a bookkeeping point of view, I've got $10,000 of startup expenses. How do I get that on the book?
0: Yeah. So you'll want to submit those to your corporation say, these are my startup costs. And you can do it in one of two ways. And it really depends on your entity structure. If you're a corporate, a C corporation, you're probably going to to treat that as a loan from shareholder Yeah, that the corporation owes me this money and I can be paid back for it. Um, Then when you get paid back, it's not income to you. It's just a repayment of a loan. It's not a dividend like it would be on a, on a C-corp. For a, a S-corp, I'm okay with it being a capital contribution yeah. rather than a loan because you're able to take distributions from an S-corp freely where you're not with a C-corp. You can, in theory, have startup and org costs on a partnership. Org costs for sure. Startup costs not as easily done. In the same theory, I, w- I would do capital contribution there.
1: So yeah, I want to talk just a second about startup costs on the partnership even the S corporation and the 1040 if say schedule C yep. is in the past are by far our largest startup expenses for education. Correct. Well, you can't deduct that kind of education on a 1040, which means you can't deduct, deduct, deduct it if it's coming from a partnership or a schedule C or an S corporation. So that's the case where if you got a lot of startup costs, Probably want that C corporation. Correct. Right. Who can deduct it because they consider it a working condition fringe benefit to pay you for your education, to do your job. All the other entities treat it as you're into a new line of work. Right. And that kills the deductibility of that.
0: Yep. Agreed. So yeah, like I was saying, it is an intangible asset. It gets taken over 15 years. Um, you don't get to deduct the entire amount if it's more than $5,000, but you can do or costs. <laughs> And startup costs, so they both have that same. What's the difference, Troy? Startup costs is this is a cost that I incurred in in starting my business. It could be a number of different things. Mm-hmm. It could be, like Jeff said, education. Could be travel costs. Could be uh, I don't know what else,
1: Jeff. Research and into-
0: Re- yeah, research, uh, office expense. If you had, a, it could be a lot of different things. But organizational costs are very specific. They're the costs uh, that you incurred to organize your business. So if you mm-hmm. paid someone to, you know, paid $1,500 for someone to set up an LLC for you, that is a organizational cost.
1: So when, um, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with IPOs, initial public offerings. When a company does an IPO, they tend to have humongous organizational costs, the things that need they need to get them to be a publicly traded organization. So yeah, Troy's exactly right. Things like franchise fees and all, I almost want to put that off as a separate asset. Agreed.
0: I'm 100% agree with that. All right. Anything else we want to add on to that one? I think I think we got it right.
1: No, I think so.
0: Oh, how should they be tracked and recorded? So they're going to be, like I said, they're going to be an intangible asset. It's going to show up on your depreciation report on your tax return, and it's going to amortize over over time. So that would be the only only other thing I'd want to add there. All right. Next question. Which bookkeeping app would you recommend for four units? or less landlords to make our tax preparation easier for all of us. QuickBooks is always good. I like QuickBooks Online. Um, Jeff's old, so he likes QuickBooks Desktop. Um, but I don't like changing. <laughs> I was the same way for a long time, but they've really done a lot with QBO to make it user-friendly. Uh, there's a lot of integration with apps. That's great. So QBO is always good. There's a new up and coming software called uh, Stessa. It's assets spelled backwards. And it's specifically... I didn't know that. I didn't either until recently. And I was like, whoa, that's an awesome name. How did no one come up with this earlier? But uh, yes, Stessa is a good one. um, And that's specifically for real estate investors. So we're doing a lot of research into that right now. Um, What's another one, Jeff? Uh, There's Sage, but that's a little more complex yeah. i wouldn't i would only recommend that if you were
1: yeah, sage actually has a bunch of different products mass 90 and mass
0: 500 right i miss one it was called peach tree that was my that was my jam was that was that a sage sure. product hmm. yeah so yeah that, i wouldn't recommend that one per se if, if you don't know exactly what you're doing bookkeeping wise what are some other ones Zipbooks is a good one Zipbooks is free up to a certain level so that's cool what i wouldn't recommend is quicken
1: and somebody actually mentions Quicken a little Yeah, later. we're going
0: to talk about that in a little bit and we'll, we'll, we'll get on that. But Quicken is not great for businesses.
1: Quicken was never designed to be business
0: software. Right.
1: It was designed to track your personal expenses. It does one sided accounting, which every accountant will tell you they absolutely hate. Right. So, yeah. What about QuickBooks, though, if I may. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah, I like QuickBooks desktop. However, if you are a bookkeeping client, having QuickBooks online, will make your life and your bookkeeper's life so much easier.
0: Yeah. And and just to to touch on that, and I appreciate you bringing that up, Jeff, is if you're using QuickBooks Online, we can, me as your bookkeeper and you as my client, we can look at the same thing at the exact same time. We don't have to send files back and forth. And that incurs the risk of the wrong file being sent.
1: Oh, the accountant's copy is the nightmare of desktop.
0: Right. And then... I make adjustments in that and oh, it was the wrong one. So now we got to go make all those adjustments over again. It can be a nightmare. So and then also if you're using us for bookkeeping, we're going to be able to do your books quicker Mm -hmm. if it's in uh, QBO versus desktop, because in desktop, we have to remote into a server using a VPN and it's a whole lot of time. And when there's, you know, 60 people trying to get into the VPN at once, slow, slow as molasses. So. So, I mean, what is too small for QuickBooks? And I think
1: nothing is. It just becomes a matter of the price you're willing to pay for it.
0: Correct. Yep. So there's lots of different versions of QuickBooks online. Um, there's Simple Start. There's Essentials. There's Plus. There's Advanced. Simple Start is not. I wouldn't recommend that for most people. Um, it has its place. If you have multiple, entity, multiple properties, it's not for you. If you do have Essentials, it does an okay job. But what when we're really cooking with gas is when we get into that plus, because that mm. that enables uh, classes and yep. classes allows you to have your financials broken out by LLC or by property or, and that makes everyone's life easier having it done that way.
1: And, and that's a great point. You don't want to set up four different sets of books for your, for your properties. It's just can be nightmarish, but you can do exactly what Troy said is have classified financial statements that... You can see what it looks like as a whole, right? Right. But you can also see what each property or each LLC right. looks like.
0: Exactly. So yeah, that 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 can be really useful. Um, but on that same note, what you never ever want to do is combine multiple entities into one or multiple tax returns into one set of books. Oh yeah. Please That's, don't do that. It's the worst. Don't do it.
1: You may get to a point if you're doing really good, especially if you're manufacturer, retailer, something like that, where you need something more than QuickBooks, right. like tracking inventory or purchase orders, stuff like that. QuickBooks does make uh, an enterprise product. I'm not really thrilled with yeah. it. It's a, it's a little hard to work with. But that may be when you start looking at others like SAP or Great Plains or uh, a whole bunch of different ones that are higher level. Right. Don't do that unawares because those higher end, usually ERP programs, take a lot of work to get ready. Yep, to use. It's
0: getting it set up is the is the is the hard part. And once, what, once you get it set up, it's pretty easy to keep it rolling. But it's a lot of work to get there. And once you get it set up wrong, it's a nightmare effect. That's a good point, too. Yeah. All right. Next one. Please discuss how your bookkeeping service works. We are drowning in Excel files and Quicken. All right. So I'm going to put on my salesman hat now. All right. So we have several different services we offer here at Anderson. The flagship one is called full service bookkeeping. And that's where we're going to do your books on a monthly basis. Uh, We're going to reconcile everything. We're going to, you know, make sure your credit cards are good to go. We're going to make sure you're taking advantage of the things you should be taking advantage of. So that's, that's our flagship. We do use QuickBooks, uh, like Jeff was mentioning. Uh, We prefer QuickBooks online, but we can work in desktop. So in, in with that, you get monthly profit and loss balance sheet and general ledger to show, you know, this is how I did each month and, and so on and so forth. And we work hand in hand with our tax team, which I believe we're going to cover on a, on a later question. So yeah, that's, that's the main one, uh, full service bookkeeping. Uh, we also offer bookkeeping checkups for those who have, are doing the books themselves or have a bookkeeper already. We are very, very, very good at real estate bookkeeping. It's a niche. Not everyone is good at real estate bookkeeping. They might be a great bookkeeper, but don't have the experience specific to real estate. So that's why you might want to bring it, bring us in to review their work to make sure you know everything's being done correctly. For instance, like HUD statements, very hard to record, very easy to screw up. So if you don't have experience recording that, it can get messy real quick. What else do we have? We have our virtual bookkeeping video series. So that is where I will teach you the basics of QuickBooks, and we're going to give you some templates to use, uh, some Excel templates. And that also comes with a credit towards full service bookkeeping for mm-hmm. if you ever decide like, oh, I, I don't want to do this anymore. So that's another one. What else? What else we got? Chart of accounts setup. So chart of accounts is the lifeblood of your, your accounting or of your bookkeeping. Everything is based off that chart of accounts. So having it set up correctly the first time goes a long way. So we can customize those chart of accounts for you. Um, and then seasonally, we offer... Q and A sessions and training sessions as well, but it's only during non-peak times. So, like, yeah. not right now. So, probably, uh, probably in a month or so, we'll offer those, and we'll go until March or so, and then we'll we'll close it down again. Does your
1: department offer any kind of training services or?
0: Yeah, so we do. On like I said, not on, on non-peak times, uh, but we also offer our office hours, which we do yeah. on a week weekly basis, and that's a great place to go. Uh, if you ever have any questions, we also offer platinum questions. We we answer bookkeeping related platinum questions as well. But yeah, office hours is a is a is a really good source.
1: And bookkeeping office hours is Thursday.
0: It's currently Thursdays at three p.m. Okay, Pacific time. Pacific time. Pacific time. Yep. No, it's a little Pacific.
1: late for. But we we used to do tax office hours at four p.m. Oh
0: man, that's a that's a yeah. rough way to end the day.
1: <laughs> Dinner and taxes. No thanks.
0: <laughs> so we might be changing up the times here soon. But yeah, currently it's Thursdays at, at three o'clock. Next one, bookkeeping. What common expense categories should I use? So it depends on what your business does. Absolutely. So there's lots and lots of templates of chart of accounts out there that can give you a good baseline. For our platinum members, we offer, you know, some generalized templates that you can use <laughs> as a as a base. Um, but you should always have your bank accounts listed out and those should always be separate. And I recommend putting the last four digits of the bank account on there. Same with credit cards. You're going to want mm-hmm. to list those out separately. And then it really depends on what you're doing expense expenses wise, but you'll need income for sure, right? No matter what business you're in, you'll need some sort of way to track your income, what type of income may differentiate. You'll always need legal and professional, office expense, supplies. It's like there's so many that it's hard to just be like
1: the the mountain of expenses is so big. I don't know where to start. Right.
0: right. So so
1: let me ask you this. I'm the person who asked this question. I'm not. But um,
0: (laughs) so is this where chart of account services? Correct. So, yeah, we offer, like I said, chart of account setup. We will customize your chart of accounts for your business, and that will give you the baseline for all your other bookkeeping needs.
1: So let's say I'm also the guy who asked about I have four. Mm -hmm. rental properties. Are you asking me that? And then setting up that card of accounts for four entities? Correct. Yep. Awesome. So I I would
0: buy it. Yeah. It's a pretty good service. So would recommend that one if you're just getting started out. And it's a one-time expense. Correct. Yeah. Once you have it, you have it. Yep. And that's it. Anything else you want to add onto that one?
1: Yeah, actually I do. something I was thinking about that fits in nicely here. If I'm a client bookkeeping client, I'm doing my own books and I put this expense in January into this category. And then next month I put it into a different category. And the next month I put it in a different, don't do that. Yeah.
0: If you're gonna be wrong, be, be consistently consistent. wrong, right? That's kind of the key to all bookkeeping is being consistent.
1: Yeah, they 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 really don't wanna go fishing for all your gas and electric bills that may be in 12 different uh, Correct. expense accounts. Right, and
0: then if you have a general ledger that's hundreds of pages long, The odds of something getting missed are very high. So be consistent with everything you do in relation to QuickBook or to bookkeeping. Next, we're gonna plug our tax and asset protection workshop. Yes, sir. So Patty is gonna put that link into chat. Everyone should definitely, definitely take advantage of the tax and asset protection workshop. We have a live event coming up in December. It's pretty good. It's gonna be in Vegas again. So that's a it's a good time. We just had one, I don't know, a couple months ago. September 16th. September 16th. Yeah, it was the day after. Yep. After deadline. So yeah, it's a good time. You learn a lot. I mean, I've done it a bunch of times. I speak at at the four-day event, and I learn something new every time I go.
1: We do do have these other three online events. Mm -hmm. But from my point of view, there's something to be said for being there live. Correct. Yeah.
0: If you're anything like me, I pay a lot more attention to someone speaking to me than, you know, I'm very easily distracted if I'm just watching on a computer screen. Mm -hmm. Don't get any ideas, people out there watching now. You need to pay attention to what this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm that guy who's working on this over here and I'm like Right. Right.
0: Oh, my phone just went right. off. Oh, what's going on over there? Right. Very easily distracted. Where if you go somewhere and 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 watch, you know, devote your full energy to it, you're you're gonna get a lot more out of it. So
1: these are very good. Uh I also want to promote something else that's not part of this. SIW.
0: Uh, Structure implementation work. It's now yep. series, Structural Implementation Series, SIS. So I think
1: the proper thing to do is do this. Uh-huh. Do They're the structural series. Structural Implementation, yep. A lot of good information. Because we used to have a lot of questions of, I have this structure
0: and I don't know what to do with Correct. it. Correct. So Tax and Asset Protection Workshop teaches you the strategies and then the Structure Implementation Series shows you how to put it into effect, basically. Is that fair? Yep.
1: And I believe you can find those on the main page of our
0: yeah, Anderson you, Business Advisory. Agreed. If you go to the events page, it'll definitely be yep. there. Yep. Patty confirmed that they are there. Good. All right. Next question. Can you please discuss some big picture strategies to help with book bookkeeping automation slash AI? We should be considering. This is a this is a big question.
1: I got zilch on this. Okay,
0: I got you. I got you. So there's lots and lots of different services out there that will automate your bookkeeping. However, as a bookkeeper, I think there's something to be said about having someone to overlook your, your transactions. It doesn't mean we should shun the AI, right? right. That's going to end poorly. That's how we get Skynet and all that, right? So we want to avoid that. But there's things just within QuickBooks to make your life easier using automation. So there's something called bank feeds, where it will pull each and every transaction from your bank account directly.
1: That was the only thing I had. And right. Took it. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So and it will pull each transaction and then... You can set up rules. So if it's a a transaction from Carl's Jr., it's Mm -hmm. always going to go to meals, right? Or if if it's a transaction from Home Depot, it's always going to go to tools. So you can automate it that way. There are some outside automated services that will do your books for you. They're expensive. So that's something to think about. But if you're having a ton of transactions and you feel comfortable with that, you can absolutely look into those. I've done a lot of research. Right now, it doesn't make sense for business-wise for me, anyway. No, um, but for some people out there, it might be great.
1: Uh, unless you're in, uh, and I'll use retail manufacturing, where you're having hundreds of merchant fees, and and, and, and then it might make a little more sense. But I'll check with Troy on this. I still feel whether using the bank automation, that it's not really an AI thing, right? It's right, or you're doing using something more sophisticated.
0: You still need to go in and look at your correct. Book. And if not you, then your book, if you have a bookkeeper or someone, yeah. someone needs to be reviewing this. And even with those automations, it doesn't, it's not always a hundred percent correct. What's, what's it called? Trust, but verify. Correct. Right. And that's what you should always do. If you have someone else doing your books, trust that you know, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, but always verify that they are as well. So yeah. if you don't trust them, stop paying them money. Correct. All right. Next question. I'm a physician in a single specialty private practice under an LLP. I have set up my personal PLLC in New York state. Do I need to set up payroll? Give myself a W-2? How much should I pay myself to avoid an IRS audit? What type of bookkeeping is needed? How do I take the remainder of the money out as a distribution?
1: Okay. If you're in an LLP, that's a limited liability partnership. You can't pay yourself. You are gonna get taxed on everything that the LLP makes, you and whoever your partners are. So it's already being taxed. So let's say I make a million dollars in my LLP and right. I have split with another partner. I have $500,000 that's already being taxed. So if I wanna take money out, I just take you the just money take out. the
0: money, You're free to do that. Now, if you had a professional corporation, professional yes. service corporation, then you would wanna do payroll, right? So the IRS requirement is that it's a reasonable salary Mm-hmm. What the hell does a reasonable mean, Jeff? <sighs> reasonable typically means
1: what you would pay somebody else to do what you're doing in
0: that position. Right, right. So what we usually recommend is you do some searching on Glassdoor and Indeed and find someone or find a job ad or find research that shows this is what someone doing the exact same thing I do for the exact same amount of time would make. And that is what you should pay yourself. Is that fair?
1: Yep. Uh, another does. Well, he talks about PLLC. That's going to come down to how that PLLC is being taxed. Correct. It's, I think I've seen it more often taxed as a corporation. Yeah,
0: usually that's. I'm going to see see that as a corp. Yeah, very rarely are we going to see that disregarded to a corp. Uh, and,
1: and some states require. I think California is one that requires a PLLC for medical practitioners. And and, and that's another thing. Uh, that Bookkeeping's not going to be able to help you with this. Tax is not going to be help, able to help you with. You have if you're a a doctor or any kind of medical professional. You need to do the research correct, on what type of entity you can have. We saw a while back, and I hate doing these kind of stories, but um, where a group of doctors got together, formed their own hospital, and within a year got shut down by the state because they said doctors can't own the hospital mm. in, in the specific state. So I, I'm always very cautious with professionals and how they structure their entities.
0: Yeah. It's very important that it's done correctly. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not the kind of answer we can usually give on a tax Tuesday but um just wanted to, to touch on that that payroll portion it's it's a reasonable salary what reasonable is depends on what you're doing within the business and then how can you take the remainder out as a distribution you can do that if you have if you're paying yourself a reasonable salary right
1: correct uh however you may not want to take distributions or or they would be dividends if that PLLC is a C
0: corporation correct. right
1: I'd probably prefer to take it out of salary. Right.
0: Yeah. And and if you're in a C Corp, you're not necessarily required to have salary at that point either, though, right? It would only be in an S Corp. Yeah. C
1: Corporations, you're never required to have salary. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. Uh, If you attempted to do your own bookkeeping, what are the minimum requirements to do so and suggested periodically, curiosity of tasking? I forgot our favorite word, Jeff. Okay. So let's start with with the how often should I do the bookkeeping. So it depends on how much activity you have. If you have a ton of activity and every time, you know, a week's worth of transactions takes you four hours to do, then you probably shouldn't wait a whole lot, lot of time to do mm-hmm. your bookkeeping. At the minimum, I would recommend doing your books quarterly, no matter how, how little transactions you have. Doing it quarterly keeps it at least a little bit fresh in your mind. Um, I don't know if your guys' families are anything like my family, where if you buy something off of Amazon and ask me a year later what I spent $75 on to Amazon, no shot. I have mm-hmm. no idea. But if I'm doing my books on a quarterly basis, I'll at least have an i have an inkling of what it is. And I'm not going to have to go back through a year's worth of records to find out what it is.
1: So when I was doing mine, I was doing it monthly, partly for the very reason you said is I don't want to get six months down the road and say, what the heck is that? Yeah. Or partly because I was having to report uh, revenues to other people. Now, I've kind of shutting down the my entity, so I don't have as much transactions. So I haven't done my books in quite a while. But my fear, honest to goodness, is I'm going to get bitten in the butt by exactly what Troy said.
0: Yeah, yeah. memory's fade, fate, especially when you're Jeff's age, right? So um, having good books makes it so you don't have to have a good memory. So again, I would say monthly or quarterly was is the way to go. Don't be that that client that sends all your stuff in the week before deadline. It's like, oh, let's figure it out. No, no one wants that. And and let's think about real estate
1: and we'll go back to the for property guy or gal. If I'm keeping my books monthly, I can quickly look at that month says, okay, I got taxes this month or interest payments or it's it's much easier to look and see if things look right.
0: Right. And and for instance, let's say one month, your water bill jumps $700. You're not going to know that unless you're looking at your books and looking at your, your bills and that kind of stuff. So it's important to have bookkeeping and, and, and to have up-to-date records.
1: Or your electric bill jumps significantly. And I'm think of anybody in particular, like in
0: the energy. But... Right. That would never <laughs> happen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go on to the next one. If our business is still paying off business debt from the previous tax year, how do we account for that as far as bookkeeping and reporting? For example, business makes monthly payments to pay down a loan and credit card. Does that still go under current expense each month? Business as a corp. So this one's pretty easy, I feel like, right? So if you take out a loan and you're making payments against that loan, those loan payments aren't expenses except for the interest on that loan.
1: So So let's let's get a little more basic. Troy takes out a loan. Mm -hmm. The moment he does that, he's going to do an entry into his QuickBooks that says, so, you know, it's $100,000. Yeah,
0: $100,000 loan. That's going to be a liability on my books.
1: It's going to be a liability debt to Wells Fargo or Bank of America, whoever.
0: Right. And then the bank. other side of that is going to be our bank of the cash coming in. Correct. Right? So, I'll have a $100,000 increase on my bank account and then $100,000 increase on my liability. So, it's double entry accounting. That's-
1: so, now you're required to make a payment on that debt.
0: Right. So, let's say I make a payment of $1,000 and $100 of it is interest, right? Very good. So... 900 of it is going to go towards the principal. It's going to reduce my liability by $900. But that $100 interest expense of my $1,000 payment is going to be an expense. And I'm going to be able to deduct that interest expense.
1: So how are you knowing how much interest and where your how much principal it is?
0: Sure. So that's going to be broken down on your statements, or it should be. And hmm. if you don't have that, then you should have an amortization table that shows you these are the number of payments I'm going to make over the specified period of time at a specified interest rate. There's lots and lots of things out there that will create an amortization table. If you don't have one, have one already, you can Google amortization table and a builder will come up. So let's flip over to credit cards. Mm-hmm.
1: You went out and bought a new computer on your credit card. Okay, What are you doing with that?
0: Sure. So w- let's say I've spent $800 for a computer on my credit card. I don't know how much computers are nowadays, whatever. 800 bucks. So I'm going to increase my credit card balance by $800.
1: A liability.
0: A liability. And then I'm also going to increase my computer expense by $800. Okay. And then once I pay off that balance of my credit card, I'm going to reduce my cash by whatever the amount I'm paying is. And I'm also going to reduce my liability by the amount that I'm paying. So what Troy is saying
1: confuses a lot of people with credit cards. When you buy something on a credit card. IRS considers that as money spent at that Correct. moment. That
0: is when you record it is When you spend it on the credit card or pay for it with your credit card, that is when it gets recorded as an expense on your books.
1: Now, if you got a whole you have eaten 10000 dollars worth of tacos and you're still slowly paying that off.
0: Mm-hmm. You weren't supposed to tell anyone about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that amount that you're paying towards your credit card is not an expense. It's a reduction of debt. Correct. But it may have an interest component.
0: Correct. And that interest will be an expense. So again, if you're making a payment of $500 on, the, on those tacos and $20 of it is interest, Un- unlikely. Mm-hmm. But then that interest expense is going to be, or that interest is going to get recorded as, as an expense. And then whatever the principal amount is going to reduce the liability.
1: Now, here's what I really, really dislike about credit card bookkeeping. You'll get your bank statement and how often does it end at the end of the month?
0: It's the worst. Why don't they do it at the end of the month? It's always like the 22nd, like some random date. Mm-hmm. It's never... For credit cards, it's always in the middle of the month. It's never at the month end.
1: A couple of my credit cards end on the 7th of the month. Okay. And some in, like you said, the 20-something of the month. Right,
0: Get it together. <laughs> credit card payments or credit card providers. Tired of, you, tired of you guys. Figure it out. All right. I think we beat that one to death. Let's go to the next one. How does the bookkeeping service integrate with the accounting service? I have personal bank accounts and you do my personal return. I have a business bank account, credit card, and self-directed 401k brokerage account. How does the coordination between the Platinum members and the bookkeeping service work with multiple accounts? How do we submit info receipts? How does the pricing work? All right. It's a lot. You, you kind of addressed the first part earlier. Right. So we work hand in hand with our, our tax team. We're getting the broad strokes of what we need to know in bookkeeping that our tax team gets. So if if Toby or Clint say like, hey, guys, this is a strategy that you guys need to know to make sure that our clients are taking advantage of, we're getting that training from the partners or from me or from Jeff or whoever it may be. So that's one way. And then like, if you're using us for bookkeeping and using us for tax, we will coordinate your tax return with your tax repair. So your bookkeeping team will work with your client tax coordinator slash tax preparer to know like, let them know that, hey, this is ready to go. You guys take take over from here. We've done X, Y, and Z. And then if there's anything that your tax repair needs to know, we will make sure that they have notes on it. and they get that information. So,
1: so a little comment on this, especially the first part of the paragraph, Our bookkeeping is only going to work on your business accounts?
0: Yes, but that has also led to some confusion. We can do books like if you have a, a Schedule C, yeah. we can do that. Uh, or if you have rental properties that are disregarded. And I
1: kind of consider all those business accounts.
0: But, I do too, but some people get confused yeah. and think that I, we say we don't do personal bookkeeping. That means I'm not doing books for things that I own personally. That's not the case. Personal bookkeeping, I mean, I'm not doing your household books, like what you paid for dinner last night or your W-2 income. I'm not doing bookkeeping for that.
1: Yeah, you'll sometimes hear the term home office. That's not what we're doing. Right. We're not going to track your 401k. Your custodian should be doing that. We're not going to check your personal bank accounts. That's frankly a waste of your money. Right. How do you feel about clients that have trading
0: entities? So I think... Frankly, it's not the best use of their time or money to pay for bookkeeping services because the monthly statement you're going to get at the end of the month and then the 1099B at the end of the year Mm -hmm. is going to do a better job of keeping track of basis and all that's in, you know, unrealized gain, realized gain. It's going to do a better job than we could in bookkeeping. I I, I agree with that. what, What I would recommend is that if you are doing trading, keep an Excel sheet of any expenses you may have. And submit that along with your 1099B. Now, I'm going to temper that just slightly. I know where this is going.
1: I'm not tracking expenses in the trading partner. Correct. Track, but if I have a my partner is my corporation, I am definitely tracking expenses in Correct. that corporation.
0: Exactly. And then you're going to submit those expenses for reimbursement yes. to the corp. Yep. Correct. Absolutely. So you
1: don't need all your dividends and your buys and sells tracked. Your, your brokerage is doing that for or your multiple brokerages. However, those other expenses, there may be expenses for setting up the LLC, stuff like that. Right. Setting up the corporation, you're typically going to want to push all of the expenses related to that partnership to the in, court. to the corporation. Yep.
0: Yeah, and if you have like membership fees, or you're part of like trade rooms or something like that, or you're getting publications related to trading. Yeah. Throw all that to the court. So we're
1: what we're saying is the corporation is actually managing that LLC. Correct. And in turn, you're going to give, uh I'm going to dread bringing this up. You're going to give that corporation a guaranteed, guaranteed payment yep. for doing that work. So it's not
0: a management fee. It's a guaranteed payment. And there's, there's a key word in there, guys, guaranteed. So you have to make that payment at the specified time every single time.
1: Yep. And that decision of how much you're going to pay has to be made before the year even begins. Correct. So for 2024, if you have a training partnership, you need to be thinking about that guaranteed payment now. Right, right. With this recent stock market, I don't know what you pay them.
0: <laughs> your guess is goes as mine. Um, all right. And then how often do we submit info, receipts, et cetera? So I, in an ideal world, if you're using us for bookkeeping, you're going to give us administrative access to bank accounts, credit cards, property management. That doesn't allow us to move money, doesn't allow us to do any of that. It just allows us to go in, go in and, and pull statements, pull transactions, right. so on and so forth. Uh, so we don't have to bug you and say, hey, where's your statement? Hey, where's your statement? it's no good for anyone. It's not good use of good use of anyone's time. So yeah, administrative access. But if otherwise we'd request that you'd submit that information to us by the fifth of each month, and then we're going to do the books. And then if there's anything we don't know how to record it, like if we're, if let's say you bought something from Amazon and you're not, and we're not sure if that's an office supply or whatever it may be, because they sell literally everything on Amazon. Right. So we're going to send you what we call "Ask My Accountant," which is kind of a backwards name, but that's that's what we call it. Ask My Accountant report, and that's the list of transactions that we're not sure what to do with, and we're going to request that you help us classify these. It's pretty simple. We're going to send you an Excel sheet and fill it fill it on back and send it send it to us, and we'll we'll get it uploaded, and then we'll get those financials out to you each month.
1: So Troy's a nice guy. So I'm going to say this: if you are a full full service full service bookkeeping client, you really need to get that stuff in monthly. For a couple of reasons. One, you can be ready to go for tax returns. Correct. Very early in the year. And secondly, if you're not getting that stuff in monthly, and we've had horrible problems with this in the past, it puts your bookkeeper behind the eight ball. Right. Yeah. It, it, it gets them behind because now they have to do the usual amount of work for this month, plus anybody who's delayed getting stuff in to them.
0: Right. Yeah. It, it can It can get ugly real fast. We've gotten a lot better about following up, let's call it. There's some other things we could call it, but following up uh, with clients to make sure that we're getting things in timely. But yeah, it's still still a lot better if, one, you get it to us on a monthly basis, even better if you get us the administrative access that allows, it to, allows us to pull it ourselves.
1: And and I think a lot of people, myself included, have to get into that habit of doing it, and then it becomes very easy to do.
0: Right. Yeah, you got to get in that rhythm. And once yep. you're in the rhythm, it's good to go. All right. And then how does pricing work? So I'm just going to touch on full service bookkeeping, and I'll, I'll kind of go through the, how that works. So. What we're going to do is we're going to get you do a 90-day agreement at our, our intro level of, of two hours per month per entity at $100 an hour. And this is as of what's today's date, Jeff? 10-10-2023. So if you're Correct. watching this in the future, that may change. It's possible. So intro pricing, $100 an hour, two-hour minimum a month. So at minimum $200 an hour. And then we're going to do 90 days worth of work. And then after 90 days, we're going to know this is how long it takes us to do your books on a monthly basis. And then we're gonna get you on a flat rate of. Th- it takes us two hours. It's gonna be two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars a month. If it's five hours, it's gonna be five hundred dollars a month.
1: And I really like this because you can figure out in a few months what what their flat rate is. That' fair to call it, flat rate is. Whereas in tax, it could take a year or longer to figure that out. Right.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, three months is three months worth of work. Is how long it takes us to figure out the average.
1: And if you're like me, if you know
0: what things are going to cost, I'm much happier with paying that bill. Right. Right. All right. I think that's it for us, Jeff. Jeff, Yep. So reminder, check out Toby's YouTube and Clint's YouTube as well. Come join us for the tax and asset protection workshop. And if you have any additional questions, you can submit them to Tax Tuesday at AndersonAdvisors.com. Also visit us at AndersonAdvisors.com.
1: And we thank you for being here and asking all your questions. I see that uh, they're still buffed Buzzing through uh questions and answers. Yeah, we've
0: answered 160 of them thus far.
1: They will continue. Well, it looks like there's only a couple right yeah, now. So uh they will continue answering them even after we end uh the webinar part of it. Perfect. So
0: So thank you to all of you for joining us. Uh thanks for making this easy for me. My the bookkeeping special edition of Tax Tuesday will probably be back next year when it's tax season and our tax preparer friends are a little too busy to be joining us. So and
1: thanks to all of our assistance from tax and tax advisors and bookkeeping. bookkeeping yep. So we got answering these questions.
0: Uh, Patty, Amanda, Elliot, Hira, Lanzi, Trisha, Blanca, Tanya, Matthew. Yep.
1: Matthew, we can't forget we can't Matthew. Can't forget
0: Matthew. Matthew. Can't do it without him. Elliot as well. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us, guys. And we'll be back in well two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks. So hope to see you guys then.
1: Unless you'd rather have Troy than Toby.
0: Yeah, we can start a revolution. All right. Bye guys. Thank, you.
1: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at AndersonAdvisors.com slash podcast. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you are already a subscriber, please provide us a review of what you thought of this episode.